0: Hi, welcome to Radiant New Life Ministries podcast. We're so happy you could join us today. If you need to reach us for anything, you can reach us at info at radiantnewlife.com. You also can follow us on Facebook at Radiant New Life. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, Uh, username is Radiant New Life. Again, thank you very much for joining us and our podcast will be starting shortly. Welcome everybody. This is Eric with Radiant New Life Ministries. I'm so happy you could join us today. I have a a message that I want to deliver to you guys and it's talking about the blood covenant. And I'm sure we've all heard about the blood covenant and what it means and what Jesus has done for us on the cross by uh, allowing us to have eternal life because he died so we could live. We've heard those scriptures, but there's things that I want to bring to you, too, to shed some revelation that has been uh, given to me also. And we, when we look back at the first uh, blood covenant that was made, we see that was done in Abraham, uh, with Adam and Eve when God uh, killed an animal, sacrificed an animal, and made clothes for them. But then we see later on that God also made a covenant with Abram, And we hear about it being the Abrahamic Covenant or the Abram Covenant, uh, but we see this in Genesis 15, verses 6 through 18. And I'm going to just paraphrase some uh, key points on this one. Um, We do see in verse, I think it was verse 4, we see that God was talking to Abram, and uh, Abram was telling God that, you know, hey, you've told me that I'm going to be a father of many nations, but I have no heir. So basically, uh, leave everything to Eliza of Damascus. And God told him, say, hey, look, you know what, Eliza. Of Damascus is not going to be your heir. God told Abram that he was going to, uh, that the heir was going to come out of his loins basically. And you know, we all know that Abram mm-hmm. and Sarah at the time uh, were unable to have children because they were great in age. Um, But what is very interesting is when we look in verse five, we see that God told Abraham or Abram to go outside and he showed him the heavens and the stars above. And God told Abram to count the stars. And Abram did. And God told him, now this is number of these stars. They shall be your descendants. What's interesting. And if we look at Abram's life, we find that, you know, God told Abram, look, I want you to leave this land and I'm going to take you to a land uh, that I choose for you, a land of, you know, gold and honey. I mean, milk and honey and the promised land basically and abram went on faith he followed god on faith and you know he uh, god showed himself to him and and did all this stuff and protected him and let him you know and all this stuff so god, uh, abram got to see uh, god at work but the weird thing was is that it says that when when abraham abram was talking to god about the descendants and god told him to go out and count the stars it said that abram Then he believed in the Lord and was reckoned. It to him as righteousness. So after all that Abram said, he actually had a moment where he finally said, basically, you know, we come to salvation and say, all right, Lord, you know what? I believe in you. I believe everything that uh, you, you stand for, and I ask you to come into my life. And and then at this point, with the New Testament, you know, when we become uh, Christians, then it becomes righteousness to us because we get to be saved, and therefore we become the righteous of the Lord. And this was Abram's time, where Abram finally uh, believed in the Lord. And it was said that it was given to him uh, as righteousness. But then we go on and see that God told Abram to bring him a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon. And he told him to cut uh, the goat the ram and the heifer in half, basically, and laid each, uh, you know. So imagine if you took an animal, cut it down side, and you put the flesh side, the, ki- the side that you opened up, you put that on the ground so they're opposite of each other. But it says that he did not cut the birds, you know. When it's interesting, too, is that we see that there was a three year old heifer, a three year old female goat, and a three year old ram. You know, we see that the number three throughout the Bible represents the Trinity. But also in some other uh, theology, also say that the three also represents completeness, but to a lesser degree than the number seven. So three, again, is used in several times throughout the Bible example in Jesus's life. He prayed three times in the garden of Gethsemane. And when he was praying, he brought three disciples with him and actually went back to the disciples three times. So it's it's quite interesting to see how the Bible uh, it shows us numbers and numerical uh, things throughout it. But to go on. So What happens then is Abram, uh, after he cuts the animals and places them down, you know, and if you look at and do research on the blood covenant in the Old Testament, they would leave a path to where they would walk through. So they would basically have to walk through the blood of the animal uh, while they do this this covenant. It's a process, a step-by-step process. Um, But we see that uh, um, the Bible says that Abram was busy, Uh, getting rid of the birds of prey that came to basically eat on the carcasses. So he was preoccupied, I guess you could say, in, in a lot of our mindsets. So it said as the sun goes down, Abram became very sleepy and was put into a deep sleep. So God actually had to put Abram to sleep in order for him to go through this covenant. But since Abram was asleep... It said that Abram saw a pillar of smoke and, a, and a, a lantern that were walking through the midst. And so basically we know that the, the smoke represents the glory of God. And we see that throughout the heaven at the, that his throne room is filled with the smoke of his glory and, and so on. And we know that the lantern represents Jesus Christ because it says that he is the light of the world. Um, and we know fire and all this other stuff represents the Holy spirit, the dove, all this other stuff, but we know that. So here we have Jesus is basically standing in for Abram saying, Lord, I will, I will do this, uh, covenant and stand in the gap for Abram and, uh, and they went through this process. But when you look at the covenants, when they were made, when they would do this, uh, uh, ritual, I guess you'd say they'd walk through and they would change, um, Uh, So like in the case of David and Jonathan, we'll just go there. It says that Jonathan, when he made covenant with David, not only did they cut, but that Jonathan also gave up his garments. And so what happens with these covenants when we take a look at it is as you'll walk through the blood of the animals, uh, the sacrifice that was made. But then you'll also, if you have one that's a higher authority, one like lesser, like, you know, Jonathan was a prince. Of Israel at the time. And King David, even though he was set to be king, he was still uh, less than. He was just a musician in the courts. Um, but we see that Jonathan and David actually changed clothes. And so what happens is it's a sight and a shadow of like Jonathan is saying, all right, David, you're just like me. And David gives him the clothes and says, you're just like me. So Jonathan would have gave David his. Crown to put on, his sword to carry, and all this stuff. And then what they would do to complete the covenant is they would take a knife and they would cut it across the palm of their hand and they would interlock their hands. And sometimes they say that they would take a ribbon and wrap it around their hands. It would be there for a period of time. Well, what this does is we've heard that it would allow the blood to pass from one into the other. So, in a way, uh, Jonathan was also making David royalty. Um, by doing this step. And then when the wound healed and they had the scar, you know, if anybody came against David, you know, uh, David would sit there and go, hey, look, you know, this scar that I have, I'm in covenant with Jonathan. And it would know that Jonathan, if it was, would always back up David and vice versa because of the covenant. We say this with the uh later on and after Jonathan has been, you know, after Jonathan has died and all that stuff, we still see King David himself Um, obeying or abiding by the covenant that was established back with uh, Jonathan by taking care of the son of Jonathan. And we see this throughout the Bible, you know, but what is cool with that is, but they did have blood shed. There was blood that was shed and blood that was passed. But the revelation that I've looked at it is, you know, throughout the, the Abram at covenant, you know, everything was done, but yet, you know, some say that the circumcision, that was a part of what God had asked for Abram. But, you know, again, um, Abram had to shed blood by doing the circumcision into the covenant, but yet there was nothing that was brought in blood-wise um, by God. And we see this, though, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why um, we say that today we have a better covenant. Jesus, when he was put on the cross, brought so much more than just uh, eternal life, than just healing, than just... Um, <clears throat> salvation of, you know, the sins, forgiveness of sins, when we look at it, you know, the, the word of God says that we are heirs to the throne of Christ, you know, that Jesus calls us his friend, that God looks at us as sons and daughters um, and all this stuff, that we're royalty, we're kings and queens in heaven, princes and princes, all this kind of stuff, you know, we're ambassadors to the kingdom of God. Something had to take place in order for that to happen because you know what we could have otherwise we could just get salvation and we'll say we'll go to heaven but something happens when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart and his blood is transferred into us and it says that you know the same uh, power that raised Christ from the dead flows through our veins you know so something had to take place. And I believe that it was when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. And when we come into, uh, actually, let me go back. When he was sacrificed on the cross for our sins, his blood that was shed was the finish or the completion of the covenant of the Abrahamic covenant, which moved us into a new one. So what happens then is that because of that, it says that we are the seed of Abraham that, you know, so on and so on. So everything is kind of brought back into the past. But what we see, too, is that because of that, when we ask Christ into our life, his blood is transferred into our bodies. And so, therefore, we become heirs to the throne. We become royalty because the completion of that covenant um, is the transferring of blood that has been done. You know, So the blood of Jesus that was shed is so much more than what people look at it to be. It's It brought us into a whole better covenant. I think that's where they're saying is that because of the blood that was shed— because because of the blood now that has been flowing through our veins, opens us up to a better covenant. And because of that, we have the power. We have the authority that has been given. Everything has been given to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it's not just for salvation. It was not just for healing, but it's also for victory, for authority, for, um, you know, so much more that Jesus gave us his name to use and has given us the authority. But when we look at it of when the enemy tries to rise up and to try to defeat us and to try to get us into a place of surrender, we have to come to the conclusion that we can raise up our hand and say, listen here, devil, you see this scar that I've got across my hand, I'm in covenant with Jesus Christ. And that means that all the angels in heaven will be sent to my aid to defeat you. That I, you know, Jesus himself will come and fight on my behalf because we are in covenant. So therefore it means that if you come against me, you're also going to have to come against every angel in heaven and Jesus Christ himself. So it's an authority issue. So we should not have to be walking in fear. We should not have to be walking in a place of defeat when we understand what the blood covenant has done and what authority. that that has been given to us. So I just wanted to take a few, share that with you today. Uh, I hope you got something out of it again. If you'd like to, you can reach us at info at radiantnewlife.com or look us up on Facebook at Radiant New Life. Again, we thank you very much. Until next time, God bless and have a wonderful and glorious day.